The short game is listener-supported on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and join us on our Discord, head to theshortgame.net or patreon.com slash theshortgame. Welcome back to The Short Game. This is a show about short video games, games that respect your time. I'm Reagan Kelly, and I'm joined this week by two fine co-hosts. Lauren Ash and Shane Kelly. And this week, we are getting very romantic. We are, we are getting in touch with our emotions, and we are talking about a few different games from Choice of Games, specifically looking at some of their more romantic content. Uh, and this is partly uh, inspired by Laura's recent appearance on Smart Podcast Trashy Books, a romance novel podcast. Uh, they did yep. a great episode talking about some of the games that Laura recommended around that 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 heavily feature romance as a plot element. And I was inspired by that episode to take a second crack at a game that I'd been wanting to play for quite a long time. Uh, we're going to talk about a few games, um, uh, but uh, I specifically was very excited to go back to and finally finish Creme de la Creme, a romance novel game from Choice of Games, and uh, we've got a couple others. So, Laura, thank you for uh, for inspiring that. No problem. When it won so many uh, Zizzy Awards, I was like, oh, what is this game that has, you know, it didn't sweep it, but it won the top you know, no best game of the year for the year it came out. And usually, because we cover uh, I Have Comp, we have a pretty good idea of, you know, the winners. This is, it's always fun to be surprised. And so I played Creme de la Creme on that recommendation. Uh, and uh, it is the interactive fiction dating sim that I didn't know existed and was very happy to exist. <laughs> I know. And part of the reason that we're talking about this now is also that you know, other than Laura's recent appearance on guest appearance on that other podcast was that uh, that choice of games has a new sub label uh, that is specific, specifically focusing on romance novel type content. Um, if you're not familiar with choice of games, they're a company that has a very unique uh, interactive fiction authoring system that is open for any author to use, but they also are their own sort of platform where p- folks can publish games through Choice of Games. So, for example, if you go on the iOS App Store and search for Choice of Games, you'll find their app. They also sell games uh, through their website and p- through places like Steam. And uh, Choice of Games, uh, their all of their games are using the same system, Choice Script. And uh, there are a few sort of specific, unique things about Choice Script that are probably worth noting uh, because all of the games that we're going to talk about today uh, are using the same system. Um, Choice Script is uh, it's very narrative focused. It's very text forward. It is not a parser based thing, but it's also not quite a like choose your own adventure hypertext thing like you might see with some things like Twine games. Um, It has uh, the possibility, not every single game goes very deep with this, but has the possibility for some sort of deep background simulation. Not that Twine doesn't, okay, just, you know, I'm sort of talking in generalities here, but but, um, the big thing that you can really notice, the way that you can really recognize that you're reading a choice script game or a choice of games game is that they have a very similar format where you'll usually read, let's say like a half page worth of text 
Um, and at the bottom of almost every page, there will be multiple choices. And not every single choice on every page has dramatic consequences, but it has a constant stream of, it doesn't just have a next page button in most of these stories. In almost every case, they give you multiple choices at the end of basically every short passage of text uh, that let you make choices about how the story is going to progress. Sometimes those are big, dramatic choices, like deciding where to go next or you know, some big, uh, big fork in the road. But other times, it's just simply your character needs to say a thing. Do they say it you know, quietly or loudly, angrily or shyly or coyly? You know, they give you many choices about how you're going to progress the story. And uh, in my personal opinion, this is a really great approach because giving care, giving players a ton of choices, some of which have weight and some of which have no weight, but without clearly showing the player like these are the important choices. Did you want to make choice A or, or B here? This is a really important one by giving you a ton of choices constantly. It encourages this sort of mindset of like, I am playing for me. I'm playing my own approach. Every choice, whether it's a big or a small consequential choice, or whether I have no idea, is something you know that if if I'm not constantly deciding like, well, which direction do I want to take the story, but instead just making these small constant choices, then I tend to immerse myself in the story more rather than thinking too hard about the choices and how their branching is working. And an example from uh, in a romance, you often are in the time where someone flirts towards you, and mm-hmm. in some games you can just say. Yes, accept the advances, no rebuff. This game usually gives you, you know, at least in the heart's choice, which I'll get into the the romance label of choice of games, there are usually about seven choices. And it's like you can accept but be skeptical. You can kind of tentatively flirt back or you can rebuff gently. You can rebuff all these different nuances. You can have the same strength of you know, turning someone down, but for different reasons. It's that kind of nuance that lets you role play a bit, get a little bit more involved in the story. I appreciate. I don't know the difference between rebuffing someone strongly because I am with someone else or rebuffing someone strongly because I am not interested, but those options are there. Yeah. And the the specific games that we're going to be talking about are I think really strong examples of interactive fiction, this sort of thing. Um, uh, specifically, the first one we're going to be talking about today, uh, Creme de la Creme. Laura mentioned that it won a bunch of Zizzy Awards. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Zizzy Awards, you know when we talk about interactive fiction on this show, we tend to really cover IF Comp every year and then not cover a ton of other interactive fiction. Because IF comps are promised to be short, or at least you're (laughs) supposed to judge them within two hours. So that's, I think, why we lean into the IF cop. Let's be real. It really is. And also, it's just, you know, it's it's part of the scene that's like very, very manageable. You know, if you're just wanting to dip your head into interactive fiction once a year, it's a good way to do that and know you're going to see something interesting. Um, The Zizzy Awards, if you aren't the sort of person who follows interactive fiction super closely and you just want to see like what's one or two good things from last year, that's another really, really great place to look. Zizzy Awards have been going since like 2016, excuse me, 20, 1996. Yep. I just looked at this page. What am I talking about? 1996, long time, <laughs> interactive fiction. It's a long thing. And, uh, you know, it's gone through various forms, but uh, it's basically the like Oscars of interactive fiction. Um, you'll sometimes see overlap between, you know, big new games that premiere in IF Comp, but also a lot of games there are not something that comes out of IF Comp. They're the big interactive fiction releases from elsewhere in the interactive fiction scene over the year. And 
uh, you know, usually when things win the Zizzy, you know, I, I, I sort of recognize, oh, yeah, that's, you know, either an IF comp author I've read something from before or, you know, it's a it's a parser game. I know, you know, why the IF community might have really gone for this or what have you. But to see something, this was a huge surprise. When I heard that Creme de la Creme had won, uh, it, it, this won actually um, the best game, best writing, and best story. That's a sweep. Uh, of the IF comp and it's a romance novel in the form of a choice script game that was a big surprise to me and so I knew I wanted to play this because like I you know I don't read a ton of romance but like you know I dip my toe into it when I'm getting in my feels in a particular way right I so it's it's a it's a genre that I (laughs) do appreciate and I have been reading more and more of this over time I think at some point I had to get over myself and uh you know be like oh no these are fun books and yeah. a lot of them are the romantic comedies that you kind of miss in movies. Like they exist somewhere. And a lot of them deal with real relationship issues. Like there are a huge diversity in the romance genre. And once I realized pretty much every smart, intelligent lady I admired also read romance, I was like, maybe I should look at this genre. So mm-hmm. I'm very excited that interactive fiction also covers it. Yeah, this is a, a genre blind spot for me. I'd like to uh I'd like to be a little bit more genre literate with romance but it's I feel like I'm um with a good crowd uh y'all y- y- the two of you are definitely um have 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 tried a few more than I have. I know Reagan is a fan in particular of some like romance manga that is <laughs> you got to you got to out me on this podcast don't you Shane? You you got to just I, oh, This is no. a welcoming space. Yes it is. Yeah, it Thank is. you Laura. I mean, hopefully you can give us some recommendations in that area, too. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if that's the the remit of this podcast, but hit Laura up on our Discord or on Twitter. I'm sure she has good recommendations for you in that. In that and if I don't, uh, I know people who publish romance who would give, who can, I can connect you to people who will have more recommendations. Absolutely. But when it came to this, you know, when I saw that Creme de la Creme by Hannah Powell Smith uh, had absolutely swept the 2019 Zizzy Awards, uh, I was pretty interested to check it out. I downloaded it. And at the time, I got through the sort of first chapter or so. I should also say, this is for one of these, very long. It's 44,000 words. Sorry, 440,000 words. Yes, I was about to say. 440,000 words. That is a long thing for one of these. Now, that is, it's not long for a game for this show. But, you know, I think it probably took me about five to six hours to read altogether um so when i first gave it a try i kind of hit a wall somewhere in the beginning of the intro and was like oh i'll come back to this and then never did um but after hearing laura suggest it on the podcast i remembered how much i had been interested in sort of getting over that hump and trying it again and i did and i had i started it over from the beginning i i and then i i zoomed through it in a weekend and absolutely loved Creme de la Creme. And so we've, we're have we going to talk about that first. We also have a few other uh, choice script or choice of games, heart's choice games to discuss as well. Uh, Shane played one. Uh, Laura talked about some others. Uh, I meant to play more this weekend, but uh, it's it's been a busy one. My uh, daughter's daycare has been closed. Uh, and so I've had her home all week. So I've, I've been, uh, I've been 
had my my brain elsewhere, but I am excited to talk about Creme de la Creme in particular and some of these other games I really want to hear some more about. So you got my sympathy on the daycare thing. <laughs> it's <laughs> I, I mean, mean yeah, I, I, she's 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 a she's a good kid and it's it's uh, we've been managing just fine. Yeah, but, but you know. oof, like ha- trying to work from home. Those of I think most of our listeners are are probably. Um, well, why do I assume that most of our listeners are childless? Is it because I think they're young or because I think they're gamers? Um, <laughs> as a person who is, I was going to say, as someone who is neither young <laughs> and yeah, a gamer I'm with neither, children. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I am a gamer, I guess. Uh, the, uh, the, but yeah, daycare closures have been a intermittent like calamity. Yeah, I've honestly been very, very half lucky. of the like, lives we've, we've of, had one of our, during our all of COVID. Yeah, Whew, we actually moved daycares during the pandemic three times. <laughs> Changed oh my God. daycares. Yeah, uh, a mess. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna clam up about that, but I just had to commiserate for a second because I feel your pain. Thank you, Shane. Yes, we did not come here for uh, daycare corner. That can be a different podcast. But uh, <laughs> listeners, hit me up on. Uh, on uh, on our listener our supporter discord if you want to hear me complain uh, actually i wouldn't really complain it's, i've been i've been doing just fine it's been really fine uh, but it has been a busy week anyway laura i was I, <laughs> as the I, childless one i has been sitting there quietly listening while we yes, complained about daycare situations i've quietly listened and tried to figure out how to save the transition but i will just, just plow through it regardless <laughs> Go. um so something that is lovely about this uh choice of games, uh, specifically creme de la creme, that is reflected in Heart's Desire is the just wealth of options. So if you want to know how you get to that huge word count in creme mm-hmm. de la creme, uh, you let people play as male, female, or non-binary. Uh, you allow people to randomize the genders of all the characters. and uh, Or choose them manually. Or choose them manually. And you also allow the character, the player character, to be gay, straight, bi, pan, asexual, or aromantic. That is most of the word count. Yeah, you also provide an absolute huge collection of potential romance partners, um, each of which has unique, uh, you know, you know, unique character scenes and backstory that you can reveal if you if you interact with them enough um you uh you add a full simulation system behind the scenes where you have like a dozen different stats that get tracked as you make various choice throughout choices throughout the game this game is you know people talk about uh uh dating sims um and there are, you know, there are games that are more simulationist than others. A lot of people, when they say dating sims, what they actually envision is something like a, uh, uh, you know, a vi- visual novel where, you know, maybe right. you have a couple of different women that you could potentially romance with if it's that sort of thing. Uh, but this game has true sim features that are also, but but they're kept mostly under the hood. So I, there's there's another type of dating sim, the sort of. Uh, um, you know, very old school style of dating sim where all of those, all of the simulation elements are right out in the open and you have to do things like a bunch of time management or, you know, deciding on what, uh, how to spend money on gifts to, to attract different partners or, you know, keeping track of a ton of meters. And this isn't that either. It has a ton of simulation, but it's all doing it sort of behind the scenes to serve the narrative, which I think is really, really clever. 
And that is something that I, I believe is carried through in most of the Heart's Choice books as well. So it's not quite as um, huge. I played A Player's Heart, which is uh, 222,000 words. But uh, you can still romance four different people. It's all, you know, it's all female. But you can choose whether you want to be a... Uh, play male roles in the opera, female roles in the opera, or be a theater tech. So you don't even hmm. have to go on stage. I think the three genders, the three genders. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think that that is such a huge change that I, you know, I believe I could have you know play this almost endlessly. I, how many options did you have Shane and yours? It was pretty dense um, th- in this is actually one of the most interesting things about it because the one I picked was called Dawnfall and it's a science fiction romance featuring space piracy, which is uh, always, you know, a draw for me. I love the idea of space pirates. Uh, and Rowena is a pretty prolific um, author outside of this as well. You know, you can find her on Amazon and she's got many works uh, in the romance genre featuring uh, dystopias and vampires. Um, and this, you, so you, you asked like how, what can you choose to be? The answer is very complicated in this one because, <laughs> uh, it's asking you to choose on, in a great level of biological detail, what and who you are. Uh, so there's, there's different species. Um, there are like, one of them is like a, one of them is like a space bird and the other is like a living mood ring. Um, <laughs> uh, which is like a glowing, uh, insectoid living mood ring. Uh, and yeah, it's pretty, that's pretty cool. And you're also choosing where you're from. There's different planets that you might be from. Um, of course you're making the same kind of, um, gender and pronoun choices that you guys have mentioned. Um, I wish I had, uh, I took some screenshots of some of these kinds of questions, but suffice it to say, uh, it asks you quite a lot. And then also about your job as a, a sort of a part of a co-piloting trio in this sort of space portal system. So um, pretty, pretty out there. So we've talked a little bit between choice of games and heart's choice. And I want to make sure we're a little more defined about what those are. So Choice of Games is kind of the parent company. Well, it is the parent company. Uh, it has all of the uh, interactive fiction books. Not Romance is not a uh, guarantee there, although there are many romantic titles. Uh, and it's in its own app, in its own system. Heart's Choice has a different mobile app, if you're downloading that way, and a different site, although it uses the same Choice of Games login. And the difference is... Heart's Choice is a spinoff that is just for romances. Uh, There is a promise of uh, the happily ever after, which if you read romance, they call it the HEA. So promising that no matter if you fail the game, you're still going to end up in someone's arms is very important. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there are games that are gender... You may not be happy with whose arms you end up in. Well... (laughs) You have chosen them You've somehow. chosen something. <laughs> somehow you have chosen the person you will end up with. So it's, it is, um, you know, you the player may have, you know, you have, you'll end up in someone's happy relationship. And, you know, games might be, you know, only female, female, only male, male, only, you know, 
only have a certain amount of gender. They call it gender locked, but they try to make sure that, that there's some title that will fit any pairing and that all games have consent if that's important to you. So mm-hmm. you can either explore, you know, consent is either very strongly implied or you can even say like, I am into this if she is into this. Like that is mm-hmm. an actual option. So if you are like, that is something you care about, it is explicit. So those are the kind of guarantees and choice of games. It's not to say that, um, oh, sorry, in heart's choice. That's not to say choice of games titles don't also have this. You just can't like, the guarantee that yeah, I'd say all of that is, is in broad strokes applies to creme de la creme, which isn't technically a heart's choice game, even though it's, yeah, it, I think it predates that label. It, it does. And I think that's one of, honestly, that's one of the inspirations is like creme de la creme success kind of, I think I, I might be speaking for them, but it, it sounds like the success of creme de la creme gave them the ability to do a full romance imprint. Well, plus mm. romance, like, if you're not aware, romance novels are, like, the reason the book industry exists, so. <laughs> yeah. Because people buy romance novels and they don't buy much else, so. Yeah, and, I mean, this is, I'm not an expert in this area, so I'm, you know, kind of, you know, I'm not really able to give you a whole lot of detail here, but, like, there are a ton, an absolute metric ton of um, games, especially on iOS, basically, or, you know, on mobile, rather, that are, like, romance choose your own adventure style things that are mostly driven by in-app purchases and so on. Um, And it's a huge industry of people who don't probably mostly consider themselves, you know, gamers. Uh, But there is a huge industry of these types of games, like uh, that these apps that have these stories that, you know, they're like lightly illustrated, basically what you'd think of as like um, uh, visual novels, uh, but there's like there's like a huge industry of these and they make a lot of money. And so I think it makes a lot of sense for uh, for somebody like Choice of Games to try to go after that pie a little bit uh, because there is a player base out there that is probably different from the gamer core. That's also different from the interactive fiction scene uh, that is just in it for looking for good romances that they can you know, especially interactive romances that they can play on their phone. And that's what Choice of Games already offered, but it was in amongst a bunch of other stuff that wasn't necessarily targeting that market. And I think it's smart for them to create a label that specifically targets it. And the last little difference is uh, Choice of Games uh, often, but not always, lets you play the first three chapters for free. Uh, Mm -hmm. Heart's Choice has a different model where you can play the at least one playthrough completely for free of a game, but you can only play, I think, one chapter every two hours. So they pace you out. Oh, interesting. Um, So that's just a little bit of a different model. At least that's that's not something you want to deal with. Their games are not expensive. You can either buy them through their app or through their website if you want to play on a computer. I actually like their website better for this because then you can switch devices more easily. Um, or they also sell, I actually don't know for sure about this for Heart's Choice, but many of their games are sold like uh, piecemeal as well through marketplaces like Steam. Mm. So um, Yes, you can buy through Steam. Nice. Okay. So, uh, and most of the games are like Creme de la Creme is uh, $6.99. Um, most of the games that Heart's Choice offers are like $5. Four or $5. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not expensive. And I think a really good sort of value for the amount of time. And also because of the sort of, if you really enjoy one of these stories, like I'll talk about this with creme de la creme, you're probably going to want to play through these multiple times. 
Uh, and they're pretty well set up for that because, you know, if, if you have a game that has, you know, 10 like <laughs> potential romance partners like Creme de la Creme does, or even just three or four, you're probably going to like at least a couple of those characters and want to see more content for more of them. And so being able to play through these multiple times is nice. And so you get a little extra value out of them there. So I, I think that their, their pricing is totally reasonable. It's, you know, cheaper than than a typical book, even though these are more uh, dense, complex things than an average book in many ways. Um, and yeah, they're, I, I think it's a really great, uh, collection that they started building up under the hearts choice label, as well as just everything under choice of games, which I've played a few of those over the years and they're all really fun. My, I guess what I'm kind of wondering here is if this particular like market is really well suited to this kind of content, it seems like it because, you know, we, we you, Laura, you just mentioned like Romance novels are keeping the publishing industry from uh, uh, Collapsing. dying. Um, and I think a big part of that is just the fact that it's a genre that really seems to embrace like quick novella length content that, um, you know, you can buy digitally for like three or four bucks or like 99 mm-hmm. cents in a lot of cases. And like that's a kind of content model that is um, – almost microtransactions, right? Well, and the paperbacks too. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Huge series. Again, um, Mm -hmm. you know, people form relationship with authors. Like, uh, there's, Mm -hmm. uh, Jasmine Guillory is a relatively new, she, I think she's been publishing for five. She puts a book out every eight months. It seems like she, like they, she writes them quick. They get published immediately. Like she's, she's published almost, one a year since I started following her. Um, that is not a schedule most people can do, but romance authors are used to just pumping them out. Yeah, which, you know, I, I get it. You know, there's a, there's an element, I think, with with romance stuff where, like, I I uh, I can't speak for the romance reading public, but, like, sometimes I sit down with one of these books and I'm like, these move at a pace, man. They, they, they move at a clip. And that's good because, you know, you sit down with a romance and you want to get to the good stuff, right? You want to... You do. You wanna, you want to get to the kissing and whatever. And like, that's, that's great. Is this like, a that... kissing book? Yes. <laughs> They're all kissing books, Shane. They're, They're all, all kissing, kissing books. books. That's the tagline for the episode right there. They're all kissing yeah. books. So, yeah. If not more, <laughs> uh, which I will get into. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So, it's, and we can talk about the, the level of spiciness or horniness of these various pieces. Um I want to talk about creme de la creme first, because that's what really spurred us into talking about this episode. And um, I, uh, you know, there's there's mechanical stuff to talk about here, but really, this is a story. So it's probably most of what we need to talk about is the the story content. Uh, and we'll talk about other stuff along the way. Um, creme de la creme is a novel about a finishing school, which is in this fictional world, this like, you know, you look this up and it has this one piece of artwork that goes along with the book. And it's this, these like incredibly uh, attractive, uh, like young college age people wearing like ties and little school uniforms, a la Harry Potter sort of, but without the robes and looking, uh, looking very, very dapper in their outfits and walking across a beautifully manicured campus. And that's the vibe here. So you play, and again, with most of these games, uh, you get a lot of choice right up front about how what what type of character you're playing as. So you get to choose, for example, am I male, female? You know, what color is my hair? Uh, you know, you get to choose things like you know your your parents are are disgraced. 
how were they disgraced? That kind of thing. Uh, but the the constants, the stuff that you you don't choose is that you are from a family that was sort of uh, you're you're in this uh, this sort of world that seems to be vaguely European and also vaguely um, old timey, but it's still kind of modern. It's like the time period is incredibly vague. Pan-aristocratic. Pan-aristocratic, exactly. So there's clearly like aristocrats. There's a there's a very enforced caste system. Um, it's also clear that like on the margins, people are suffering, but you are from a family of well-to-do people who are yet still not aristocrats necessarily you're like uh you're like well-to-do rich but not noble and um your family has recently fallen on hard times for reasons that you get to pick basically um and you know you have you have one shot to save your family's honor or wealth and that is by going to Gallatin College, a finishing school for the upper crust that is attended by all of the wealthiest and noble people of your kingdom, I guess. I don't 100% know the, 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 the political structure here. Um, and so you're, uh, you get to choose also, like, what are your goals here? Am I just going to this school because it's my last shot to get away from my horrible parents who screwed up my life? Am I going because I want to save the family's honor? Uh, do I want to get married as soon as I can to get money to save the, the family name? Uh, or do I want to, uh, get married for love and damn the consequences? And, uh, you know, all of this is up to you and you choose it in very nice, subtle ways that happen throughout the story because, you know, this happen this stuff comes up in dialogue. Uh, and so you get these little choices that get fed to you mostly throughout the first chapter or so of the book. Um, and you get to sort of decide all this stuff as you go. The other thing that you get to choose, uh, is, Basically, this game will let you tailor every tiny aspect of the game to your particular preferences when it comes to uh, gender, sexual orientation, uh, and what you like to see in romances. Uh, so you can decide not only what is your character's gender, but as Laura mentioned earlier, you get to decide the gender of every single other character you meet in this story, pretty much. Um, and you can do that either with a big toggle at the front where you're like, I want all ladies and I want to go to an all girl school. Gallatin College is all ladies all the time. Or you can decide they're all dudes. And I'm the only woman here, or I'm the only, I'm just another man in the crowd. Uh, or you can pick each time you meet a new character, uh, it will give you an option to choose, you know, it'll tell you a little bit about this character and then you'll choose what their pronouns are. It's suggested uh, and, for first timers though. You hit mm -hmm. the randomize button. <laughs> yes. Randomize. That is like a level of control over the, um, the world that you rarely see in any video game. <laughs> Oh, it yeah. implies that you are playing literally as God. <laughs> it's very funny. And uh, you can't do this in a game with graphics. Can you imagine mm -hmm. having to do no. multiple character profiles and voiceover for every time you wanted to change someone's preferred no. pronouns? And it does it in such a in such a smooth way too. Like most of the characters that matter are given uh, gender ambiguous names. You know, there's Freddie Crawford, Zuri Gonzalez, Gonzalez. Um, Max or Maxine Van Meyer, etc. Blaze Marischal. And, you know, Blaze could be male or female, right? Any of them could. Um, I played through this game. Uh, we'll, we'll get to more of the story in a moment, but I also mentioned at this point that I played through this game 
80% once and then had to start it over because I set my phone down uh, while I was playing. I set it down on the coffee table and my daughter came over, picked up the phone and somehow within seconds had managed to reset my game, (laughs) completely obliterated my progress. Um, And so the first time I played through this, I played through it uh, with the randomize option on. Um, and it was, you know, and there were, there were, so there's a mix of male and female characters as well as some non-binary characters. Um, the second time I played through it, I decided "Mm, all ladies. So every single, in fact, including the main character, I decided this is a girl school. This is a lady story. This is, uh, this is, uh, you know, sapphic romance, all ladies. And I preferred it that way, but there's a lot of potential options for you, depending on your particular preferences when it comes to romance novel content. Um, the characters are great. There's a huge selection of potential characters, and every one of them has a little bit of something different. Um, Laura, I know you played this too, so maybe it wouldn't really serve for us to like go through and talk about every single character, and also we don't want spoilers. But um, I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about um, s- characters in particular that you liked or decided you wanted to go after in the romance portion of the game. Uh, so I think I... I generally will go for uh, a scholarship student in any boarding school situation, especially uh, when they have uh, beautiful red hair, pale skin, and gray eyes. It's like, sure, I'll go for the like like upstart ginger. But also, if that's your type, there is a brooding groundskeeper as well. Um, Mm -hmm. But the uh, brooding groundskeeper, uh, just heads up, prefers monogamy. Just FYI, uh, there uh, we did not mention, but if you play your choices right, you can form a polyamorous triad in this game. Yeah, uh, I have not done that, but I kind of want to try have that not, run. I have not managed to pull that off. Uh, because the, the people involved, engaged. the two characters that you can do that uh, polyamorous triad were two of my favorites, like very, They're very fun characters. They're both great characters, so it's like, why not just, just go with all three? Um, wow. And you can get engaged if you like as well. Yeah, and getting engaged can be a big major plot point in this game because, again, like this is you're playing out a year at Gallatin College. Um, I, I really hate to keep going back to Harry Potter as a touch point there, but like that is my culture. Like, I don't love that series, especially not so much anymore. I've but I certainly read a number of them when I was a kid. I didn't finish the series, but um, I that is sort of my cultural touch point for like boarding school stories. Um, so it has the structure of one of those in that it is a it is a you know this takes place over the course of one year and so you have you know the um you have the the holidays and the whatnot you know you're deciding whether you're going to go home for Christmas or that sort of thing. Do you remember how um like our generation was essentially the exact like age that was being targeted by yep. each successive Harry Potter mm-hmm. book and how uh like. The, it it led to like a like a senior high school class that was absolutely obsessed with the idea of being sent to boarding school. Yes. <laughs> oh God. Yes, as someone who has made um like a wizarding uh I I have made a marriage license from the wiz- the Ministry of Magic for friends. Yes, because of oh that God. nonsense. Thanks, Photoshop. <sighs> I prefer I prefer no I prefer not to think of Harry Potter any longer because I 
Ah, I'm just left. It's with okay. Such a, it can yes. be separate from the the books, but we can I also know, death of the author, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, like... that's the concept by which we want to n- find out that there has been the death of the author of the yeah. <laughs> Harry Potter books. Ah, let's not go there. Um, so where were we? The the story of this game, uh, it wouldn't be that interesting if the entire plot was just about you going to a fancy school and seeing if you can get married at the end. That's obviously an important part of this story, you know, interacting with the various characters and whatnot. But Gallatin College has a dark underbelly. And you're kind of investigating it throughout the course of this year. Um, I'm just going to read the, the the sort of description they provided here of the story, which I think gives enough flavor without spoiling anything. Um, and then, Laura, you can add anything that you think is, is particularly relevant. Gallatin College is a finishing school where young people must learn social graces surrounded by their high-class peers. When your parents fall into disgrace, the rest of high society rejects them. It's up to you to enroll at Gallatin to secure your future and restore your family's good name. At Gallatin, you will dance with royalty, impress decorated officers, and perfect your etiquette. What will you prioritize? A spotless reputation, a prestigious social network, or a pristine report card? And who will you backstab to achieve it? Your year in this sparkling, brittle world is about to begin. But... Are you a rake soaked in scandal, or are you a perfectly proper socialite, sneaking out of class or polishing your ballroom dancing? Either way, the road to high society starts here. So that gives you a little bit of it. But the other one of the bullet points here is in the in the features of what you because every every one of these games is going to have a bullet points of like, ooh, what can you do in this game? Give me the points. And one of them is uncover Gallatin College's dark secrets and reveal them to the world or keep them under wraps. Um, it's really, it's, it's, it's very expansive in terms of potential narrative directions you can go here. You know, every character has their own thing, you know, and you, um, there is things like joining a club, you know, you have a a bunch of different clubs that you can join that influence the direction of the narrative. Um, you can make friends with or enemies with a ton of different characters, um, some of that's a little scripted, but there's a lot of a lot of leeway there too. Um, and it's all done in this very loose style where you just feel like you're, you know, picking out little choices at the end of each page and it just feeds you more story. And but it's obvious that the game is paying attention to your choices. Um and it's just it's it's just really smart about how it does that, how it pays attention to your choices and then sort of slyly feeds back nods to you that it knows that you're, you know, it knows what you're up to and, and, you know, that you're, you know, lets you steer things without feeling like you're just punching story decisions into a computer. You're building a character as you play, which I appreciate. So I, I must ask the important question. What did you prioritize? Mm. A spotless reputation, a prestigious social network or a pristine report card? Are you a rake soaked in scandal or a perfectly proper socialite? Ah, okay. You guys are going to laugh at me because but, I yeah. am a complete uh, parody of myself. Um, but of course, when I played through this game, the very one of the very so you this game starts with a train to school. Of course, right? You know, you're, you're all crowded. Gotta take the train. train. Gotta take the train to school, right? I told you, Harry Potterville here, right? No magic, but it's definitely Harry Pottery. And uh, you're crowding onto this train, and and you meet. Uh, three potential friends slash maybe lovers potentially, right? And I think the third one who comes onto the train is high class, uh, uh, stick up her ass, Blaze Marischal. Yeah, right. Knew it. You all knew it. You all knew it. You all knew it. 
the mean girl of the game. Now, there's a couple of things about this because <laughs> yeah. I the, the, uh, I felt very done dirty by this game in this particular area because this game dangled a mean girl that you can romance in front of me at, right at the start, right? The very first scene. It's like, well, do you want to romance this uh, sporty non-binary friend? Do you want to romance this, you know, like, I, I forget who all was in that first train scene. Um, there's, there's several several fun characters of various archetypes or the girl who hates you immediately because her family was involved in the downfall of your family and was, you know, handed a bad situation basically by you, or at least by your family. Uh, and who, uh, in her very first scene tells you like, you're in my seat, go away. Right. This girl, the girl who then when it's raining and you're trying to get from the train to the school has her own coach and doesn't want to let you on, but you can force your way on. You can force your way onto her coach and you can decide to be real nice to her if you want that girl, right? Blaze Marischal. Of course, I'm going to choose Blaze Marischal. So, so Reagan in the romance book world, your trope would be called enemies to lovers. It's I am a hundred percent. That's your trope. Enemies to lovers trope guy. It's my thing. I love it. Feed it to me. And so that's what I wanted out of this story, right? I, I went into this story thinking like, oh, good. Enemies to lovers is here and I'm here <laughs> and we're here together. And um, this game does a pretty okay job at it. Um, but this is where I think this game. So I've, I've now played through this game basically twice because like the first time through again, I got my progress reset. Second time I was like, okay. This is it for real, right? And so I was I was really going in hot. I knew exactly what I wanted. I was steamrolling right for for Blaze Marischal. And the game here I'm going to I this is a potential spoiler. I am I am spoiling this element of the plot line um for the enemies to lovers fans out there in the audience. You're a minority. I'm there with you. Um I love everything about this game. All of its uh all of its characters are great. I would happily date any of them, but it really does you dirty if you're holding out for Blaze. Because Blaze uh, disappears. I won't tell you how, because that would also be spoilers. But Blaze disappears from the story very early on. Like within the first, um, like, I don't know, month of, of, of the game, right? You know, the, like, the first like 20% of the story, Blaze is there, you know, being mean to you like you want. She's locked in the chamber of secrets. <laughs> <laughs> and then she disappears. Um and uh and and it you know it's it's in just the way you want right you're like oh now blaze when blaze comes back then then the sparks are going to fly right and so i was holding out for blaze i was making friends with everyone i went on occasional dates i dated the groundskeeper a little bit i dated the um the the shy girl whose name is escaping me at the moment um i can look back at the story list in a minute but you know went on some dates got to the point where it was like, do you wanna do you wanna smooch this one? It's time for smooching. And every time I was like, no, I'm saving my heart for Blaze. I'm saving my heart for Blaze. And um because I know, you know, that Blaze is not not gonna want someone who's been around the block. She's she's gonna want someone who's been true to her the entire time. Mm -hmm. And the game strings you along on this point too. Like it really does, because there's 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 times where like you can say, you know, the dialogue choices where you're like you know, talking about Blaze and you can you can express like, wow, I really I really think we could have had something. Mm. And then it gets down to the very end of the story. And of course, 
Of course, you Blaze does show up again, but she doesn't show up until so late in the story that like yes, of course you can you can romance Blaze. Yes, of course you can get engaged to Blaze at the end of the story. But it didn't have it didn't have the arc that any of the other stories did. It was it felt abrupt to me because Blaze, you know, burns fiery hot at the very beginning of the story, vanishes for almost the entire rest of the story, and then pops back in at the very, very end in a way that I didn't find particularly satisfying. Like, like I was still happy to see Blaze, and I was happy to get the, 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 uh, the ending. But what I am in uh, An Enemies to Lovers for is I want, I want the slow turning, yep. right? I want that slow burn of like, I want them to be at each other's throats until suddenly. In, no, I don't want. I don't want the sudden turnaround. I want the. I want the slow turnaround, right? And this thing doesn't quite get that. It doesn't do the enemies to lovers thing particularly well because it doesn't have time. Blazes out of the picture for like eighty percent of the story. So anyway, that's my one complaint about this story. But I want to hear about Laura, your smooching experience at Gallatin College. So I uh, was. Not uh, prioritizing a spotless reputation. I wouldn't say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 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 I won't say I was um, uh, too much of uh, a flirt, but I definitely pursued many romances and wasn't really too into uh, my studies. And I tried to do some political stuff, but I was much more like, oh, look at all these friends I can have. I want to be mm-hmm. popular and I want to mess around with all these people. That's the path I played. I, I have to say that that was one of the things like being that I wasn't doing a lot of romance. This is like popularity simulator. It was so fun to just have like all of these friends thinking I was the coolest person. in Yeah. The school. Yeah. Because <laughs> at some point, everyone who you're friends with is going to like hint like, Hi, would you like to be essentially saying, would you like to go in this closet and make out, but with plausible deniability? <laughs> and, you know, it's like, sure. Like, why not? Like, it's like, you have class. It's like, no, I don't <laughs> go to the closet. <laughs> that's that's um, a euphemism, but like, it's mm-hmm. not too far off. Um, so I, I had a lot of fun in this game. Uh, and, you know, I did ballroom dance, um, but I was not a perfectly proper socialite because in my opinion, my family had already fallen from grace. So might as well yeah. trade in on that. Right? Yeah. Um, and the only person I was like, eh, not into it was the person who was like, lacrosse is the only thing I care about. It's like, bye. <laughs> lacrosse. Good luck uh, with that. I forget. I didn't, I didn't do any of the, um, I didn't like go hard at any of the like sportiness stuff. And so suddenly I would like when the, when the sports day or whatever rolled around, I was like, was Oops, like sports day. <laughs> it's like, it sort of comes out of no, like I didn't, I didn't, you know, do the like sports club or anything. Uh-uh. And so that, that, that day comes up and it's like, Oh, turns out you're good at archery. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm good at archery. All right. Score the winning archery shot or whatever. I, um, I really, really want to play this again and romance the prince slash princess. There is actual royalty from from a foreign country who is attending your rival school, Archambo, and you have a few opportunities to meet them at at joint school events. And uh, I, I didn't get to do that 
because I was holding out my heart for Blaze. And I, I, I kept meaning to play this through a third time and try and go for Rosario of Zaledo, but I didn't get a chance yet. Yes, I think that this is definitely uh, enormous. And I the nice thing about the the school year is you can kind of figure out where you are in the game. So mm-hmm. I think it's going to be really helpful to replay. Um, I played this over a month ago, which is why I'm not being too specific about incidents. Um, yeah. But the tracking and the achievements and everything is very well mapped. Again, all behind the scenes. But it's going to be very easy for me to know kind of where I am plot progress wise without a lot of reputation so i'm i'm very much looking forward to that we're we're taking sort of a different approach to this uh episode we we generally have a pretty book clubby structure and i'm kind of lamenting the fact that we didn't all play the same one because these are exactly the kind of game where it's really cool to like chat about what other people saw because just because of the mm-hmm. level of choice and like what you know this this is a this is a game that seem this these games in general seem like they're very much designed to give you exactly what you want story wise and uh, you know l- little revealing when we when we learn um, from our our brother's playthrough uh, but <laughs> I would love to be telling you which of these fine socialites that I uh, I prioritized uh, well. I would love to hear who you romanced in your game, then. Be revealing. Tell us. I want to look at this, uh, you know, fortune teller. Like, tell me, tell me about your personality. Well, let me, let me just put it this way. So the, um, do you want me to get into the, the, the book Dawnfall or the game? Yeah. Tell us about Dawnfall. Mm -hmm. Sure. So Dawnfall is, it's, this one's going to be a little tough because there's just a lot of world building going on. Like, you can kind of hang your hat on um on like socialite school uh and but but this was a this was an unusual one like to the extent that like i said before there's multiple different species uh but let me let me give you a bit uh, uh a bit on dawnfall so um in in dawnfall you have sort of a pirate crew uh that initially is consists of uh two people um and hang on i have i've got my screenshots in front of me for the podcast crew here uh you should know i didn't get all as far into this as i would like uh so i'm gonna give a extreme no no spoilers uh i probably got a couple of maybe so yeah um so I, it, we, I mentioned we're a sort of a book club. There is always that one person in the book club uh, who didn't do enough, didn't read enough of the book, and I am that person this week. Um, so I really am enjoying Dawnfall, but first off, I've not completed it. Um, but what I have read of it, this one I picked just because sci-fi is kind of my thing. Romance isn't my thing that much. So when I saw the list, I was like, ooh, space pirates. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm on board for that. Um the the interesting thing about it, it beyond what i said before about it just being really tons and tons of options in terms of like who and what you are um is uh it it is it is full of like really crazy imagery even just right up front so um everyone on the crew you're choosing your own biology but one of your crewmates is what they're calling a harpie i think 
and it's like a, a bird person. And then the other one is like a um, uh, nephil, which is like a, a translucent, shimmering, uh, sort of insect-like person that changes in color based on her or their moods. Um, and there's so there's a lot of use. Oh, I'm, hang on, I really do need to. Uh, f- pronouns were very complicated on this one. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> because some of them are. So there's there's the use of a z z kind of non gendered pronoun. So my overall impression is just like uh, this was full of crazy stuff going on. Um, one of them is like rock and rolling you through a space portal. Uh, <laughs> Like literally playing musical instruments to, uh, and and then the abilities uh, were kind of out there as well. Like the, um, you mentioned earlier, like these games tend to have like a sort of a skill tree system. And I don't know, it, the, the, the way that they, they play out, uh, in some cases you kind of affect some kind of percentile based stuff, but mainly you're, you're really choosing your path, but, uh, but some things are really influenced by like what skills you've chosen. And the skills here are like uh, energy projections or like uh, computer hacking or um, like astral magic kind of stuff. So it's pretty, it's pretty extreme and out there. Um, the whole, the whole setup uh, starts off with the crew of your ship uh, kind of doing a little bit of a, introducing each other in the process of opening one of these portals between worlds and the um the it takes this crew a circle of three people to open these portals from one dimension to another by way of this um bizarre liminal space that's like an astral sea right and so this is a it I was going in expecting uh, sci-fi. Honestly, this feels much more uh, high fantasy in terms of its tone, really. Like, it's pretty magical in, in, in lots of... There's probably equal magic to technology, maybe more. Um, and so there, you're you're going between these different worlds of uh, Zephyria and the space station Eclipse. And one of them is, like, hyper-magical, and one of them is more of a, like, dystopian space station kind of place. Um, and in that kind of initial portal that you're, that you're doing, uh, you get kind of pulled aside by like a astral storm and ghosts come out of that astral storm. And it's clear that your, uh, uh, your circle mates have, uh, recognized this figure who's like lost between worlds and, and like what could be going on. And I, I won't get too far into that m- much else about it because there's, there is, like I said, ton of world building and, and stuff going on here, but it is extremely out there and, and almost like hallucinatory in terms of some of the imagery. It's pretty crazy. And there are five crewmates and you can date all five of them. <laughs> you can get with them. It, from, from what I can tell here, you can get with all of them. Maybe, maybe not all at once, but... <laughs> I love that so much. And how much can you customize your, like the way you play your character? Uh, quite a bit. Um, hang on, I have some screenshots of some of the choices that I made. Well, one big choice that you can make on top of a lot of uh, kind of identity-based choices are choices around like 
how you approach the job of being the navigator for this ship, right? Um, and so it's kind of a choice between being more tech focused or more magic focused. Uh, but the the way that they ask it, I like it, it was sort of you were made for this because and then the, the choices were things like, well, I'm in tune with the magical forces of both universes or, um, you know, I have a sense of rhythm, like rhythm and music is important to moving between the worlds or, you know, my love of technology makes me really good at this or uh, I can use my mental projection or or, or things like that. So uh that's that's pretty cool um sets up a lot of the skills i wish i had a screenshot of the different skills because uh they were they were kind of uh odd um this is a game with like we were asked about choices about the characters this is a game with uh, six different uh pronoun choices like you you could basically wow try wow all yeah there is uh they he she Z with an X, Z with a Z, or E with a E Y, um, which Great. you know, hey, it's it's interdimensional space. It's space. Maybe. There's a lot of there's a lot of different kind of people. So, and then it also, I one puzzling choice that it has you make early on is kind of during the setup process. Um, it, it asks you kind of to choose how much. Uh, sex and romance you want in the story. We haven't really talked about the uh, the pepper system. The peppers! Not in choice of games, but Hearts yeah. Choice has peppers. Yeah, I don't uh, know how many choice how many peppers creme de la creme is, uh, but Hearts Choice... Uh, Laura, explain the peppers, please. <laughs> well, first I must say, for this one, <laughs> this one lets you pick, I definitely want sex and romance in my life. Romance is in, but sex is out. And the, or the reverse, uh, you can also choose that close platonic bonds are what's important to me, or I'm just here for the portals. <laughs> <laughs> that's wonderful. Uh, all of the I really want to know who who the who's the audience in this game that's just here for the portals because oh. yeah, right on. Well, sure, <laughs> uh, the world is a uh, diverse tapestry. I yeah. the pepper system is uh, one to three peppers. For spiciness level um as someone who played a two pepper game i think two peppers is there is explicit sex but it's short it might be just a couple paragraphs um three peppers is probably more what you get in a uh non uh harlequin romance novel those are like there are different levels there's also different levels of romance in prints there's like blaze there's the christian ones there's Mm -hmm. the ones where no one has sex until they're married so this is something that like romance people expect so the spiciness is like a fun thing for us but it is a like you generally know when you pick up a romance novel the explicit rating that's like not a thing how do you know that do they put peppers on those too uh, it's a it's the imprint. So the publishing company will only print certain levels of explicitness or like they promise a a more like and, and they'll have a little paragraph that's like, you know, this company is like known for clean, wholesome, you know, religious inkling Christian romances that end at the altar. Or they'll be like, this imprint is known for the hot steamy hookups. And like they'll they'll say right on the back of the book, like this publisher this line is for X. 
and you should expect X. So it's not unheard of. Like the peppers is a very cute way to nod to that without being too um, strong about that. There is um, on the Hearts Choice, uh, the three pepper is a called All World Pro Wrestling. And it is the summary blurb is gay pro wrestling has never been the sexy. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's the three pepper game. I think most of them are two pepper or one pepper. I, I kind of wish I knew how many peppers uh, Creme de la Creme has. Uh, it's it's not super spicy. Um, every character, you do have the option to have sex with them. Um, but I don't think it ever gets explicit with the content. Is it the like cut to the window and the drapes blur or like you go to bed and like you wake up in the morning, that kind of thing? Yeah, more or less. Maybe a little spicier than that, but not. Yeah. yeah, the kissing is the spicy part, really. In, I played as well, and it's much more about the romantic energy. You can have sex with, but it's not like you don't know where hands go. Yeah, and you're playing as young people in this game too. Like you're, yes. you're, you're. I think you know the finishing school. I think it's like it tells you how old the characters are, but I think they're all eighteen. Yeah, um, and I, I'm talking convenient. as if I didn't play the game, but I wanted Reagan to have to explain himself. So. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> they're all eighteen, um, so it's so it's all great, but they're all also yeah, totally not sure where to put their hands. Is a very good way of putting it. Right, and then I think a two spice like hands go places, and you're told where hands go, but it doesn't mm-hmm. get too much more explicit than that. Um, I assume that the higher rating is we're trying to keep this uh, below an M rating, but uh, <laughs> it's hard. Well, thank uh, you for keeping this podcast to be uh, a family friendly. I don't want to get booted off of the, the, the podcast. The podcast scores. Yes. Uh, so Laura, I know you played something other than, from heart's choice other than creme de la creme. Um, but I forget what it was you were saying you were, you were, you were playing for the show. So what else was it that you've got to talk about? Yes. So I uh, did briefly play If It Please the Court, which is that, ooh, that's, yeah, Sexy that's the other one that Spies I wanted to in play. Versailles, which I'm very excited about, but I didn't get far. Um, I know it's one of the most popular titles, and so far it's great. But the one I played in earnest was A Player's Heart by Melissa Scott, which is mm. um, uh, female... That's female-female relationships. The idea, uh, although you can play if you want, you could choose to have previously been a man and re-identified yourself as a female. Um, the the plot of uh, this game is that you are entering an all-female opera company in your city. So the idea is that you audition at the beginning, you decide if you're going to be... Uh, a diva, D-E-V-A, which is a player of female roles, a dragon um, who is the player of men's roles. And, or you can be an artifix and you make stage sets and costumes and scenery and do tricks. Um, I chose the player of women's roles because it says it's the women's theater. The divas get the best roles. So I was like, well, I want the best roles. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Although I, if, on replays, I plan on doing the others because I think the game will change quite significantly, especially if you choose the backstage role. But the plot is that you uh, you start off auditioning. You get your spot in the company. I imagine you have to. I imagine you can't fail the audition or there's not much of a game. Uh, and then there's a seven-year time jump, and you're going on stage with a new show, mm. and it's uh, controversial and the 
regent is, and you can try to change the play, uh, but the regent and the ambassador in the audience, and you can get the city in political hot water by performing this. Um, and then in addition to romancing uh, your characters, you have to figure out how to raise your career if you can save the opera house from being closed, um, if that's even something you want to do. If you want to go to the Fringe Theater where men and female perform together, which is super scandalous, you can, you know, the Electricity Theater. Um, It's all of, you're going to rehearsals, you're trying to have a romance, and you're also trying to figure out what's going on politically and how you might change the play to succeed. I ended up in my happy ever after relationship and I um, got banned from my theater forever <laughs> because like the, the play was just okay at the end and I clearly had not maneuvered the politics well enough. So I was seen as someone who dabbled in politics, but not someone who was on the right side of the uh, political divide. And I got banned. So I ended up like my love, my rich lover consoled me and told me like, so sorry, I will, you know, so sorry you don't have a job. Go to sleep in my linen bed sheets. And I was like, the game is great. <laughs> um, <laughs> that said, I, I love the uh, the people you can romance are your um, ambitious rival. Uh, you can also uh, romance a noblewoman. You can romance your friend, the set designer, <laughs> like, mm. or um, the scandalous lady who dropped out of the opera before she was banned who now performs at the the scandalous fringe theater so um all of these are great options i i wish i hadn't shut down the fringe theater person so quickly um but i despite i won and lost the game because i did end up in someone's bedroom literally at the end of the game but i was i'd lost my entire career (laughs) i was like Sorry, um, maybe she's going to use her political intrigue to start my own company with me as the star because she's rich. I don't know. This one sounds like as much fun, if like as, at least as much fun as Creme de la Crown. This is, uh, seems a little shorter, though. It is short. It's about half the length. The but there is a sexy fencing match. Ooh. And you can go to the pool afterwards if you know what I mean. This one sounds like really. This is great. Listeners should know that all of us are former theater kids uh, on this show. So just doing something that is like about the theater world it is is fun. It's just straight up fun. I, I, I kind of wish I had read that one. Yeah, one of the choices you can make is choosing which of six drinks you like to drink in the morning. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then you drink it over and over again. Um, uh, you can decide like whether or not you want to have sex in public um, hmm. for different reasons. Um, but my favorite thing is that uh, it, it people are like, we can't, not here, and we have rehearsal. And I just started laughing. I was like, of course you can't have sex. You have rehearsal. That is what theater people are always saying. No, we we can't hook up. We have rehearsal tomorrow. Oh, we can't hook up. There's a show. I got to get sleep. Like That is the life of... Uh, you know, that is, that is the life. Mm. That is a life I'm familiar with as someone who delayed going on a second date with her now husband for a month because I was stage managing two shows. (laughs) Well, it worked out. 
I'm, I'm glad he. I'm glad he. Uh, he found something to do for that month. Yes. That's uh, that's the fact great. that I, you can like sexually identify as a techie is yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is extremely. I mean, it shows a deep understanding <laughs> of the theater world. That's awesome. Yeah, and that's I, awesome. I I'm presuming because uh, the set the the things they're doing the opera are very complicated. There's a steamboat on stage. There's like fireworks. There's wow. sets. Like I assume there's a lot of stuff to do if you play the techie um, to run around in. Um, that your friend who I kind of made a hint that I might be interested in and immediately said she loves me, um, not to play into a lesbian stereotype, but like immediately she was like, oh yeah, I love you too. And I was like, oh no, I thought we were just going to have sex. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She is a techie. So, (laughs) oh dear. She showed up the next day with her steam U-Haul. Exactly. She was very lovely, and when I ran off with a noblewoman, I never talked to her again, <laughs> and wow. I feel kind of bad about it. Um, R.I.P. Uh, well, I I now have a few on my list that I want to play. I also just uh, briefly wanted to mention one other um, uh, choice of games romance. There are a lot of other games like with romance elements in the choice of games catalog, um, but uh, after scanning through it, I re- realized that there's one other on here that I've played and I 100% recommend, even though I haven't played it in many years now, but I wanted to at least briefly mention it on the show, and that's Creatures Such As We by Linnea Glasser, um, which won IF Comp in 20... Oh, no, I'm sorry. It was a second place in IF Comp... Oh, uh, what year would this have been? This is the 20th annual IF Comp, so I think it would have been like 2014? It was the year before we, we started covering it. Yeah, I think it was the 2014 IF Comp. I may be wrong. Um, but in any case, uh, creatures such as we, if you are into video games and like thinking about the sort of philosophical uh, implications of video games as a hobby, as a career, etc., um, it's a really, really interesting read and also really romantic. It is a, uh, it's a romance novel in the true sense in that it is, you know, you're, you're, you know, it's a very romantic story in a, in a way, but it's not really romance focused so much as like focused on, on, I, first of all, it has been many years since I played it, so I probably won't do the best job of, of describing it anyway. I'll just give you a little bit of the, the, the description text from, uh, uh, from choice of games. Living on the moon is lonely and stressful and exhausting. Video games have always offered you an escape to a better life, the easy, happy life you wish you had, which makes it so frustrating when the game you've always been, the game you've been playing ends badly, but you have a chance to figure it out because the next tourist group is the designers. You can debate with them about art, inspire them with the beauty of outer space get closer to any one specific designer in particular, and finally, find out how to get the ending you always wanted. It's uh, it's a game about having long, romantic, philosophical conversations about video games and what they mean. Um, I think that's really special, and I would recommend checking it out. It's also shorter than most of these. It's not super short, but it's shorter than most of the things we've been talking about. So I would 100% recommend checking that out. It's, uh, it's also on the Choice of Games site. Yeah, I played this back in the day, and I think I I really found it lovely. I I remember what Emily Short said about it, which was, um, it's it's easy in that game to say I'm interested in you and get that person to like you back. But 
it's much more a game about talking to that person once you've established mutual interest and how you react. Mm -hmm. So it's much more of a relationship game than a romance game, but it is very romantic. Um, It's about, you know, whether you can maintain your relationship is much more of the point rather than just the courting, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, it's about having deep philosophical and potentially treacherous conversations with a romantic partner. Um, Very interesting game. If you have ever been like, I'm interested in how video games handle consent and deal with that issue, this game is one you should play. Mm -hmm. It's a few years old, but it still felt modern in that it's, you know, it's got those, um, it got, has the options for gender identity and, and, you know, orientation and so on. So, um, you know, give, give that one a look too. Uh, uh, even though I haven't played it in many years, it stuck with me and I've always remembered that game is pretty good. I'm thrilled that we got to cover aliens, boarding schools, theater, and space. And smooching. Um, this was really fun. Laura, I'm really glad that you did uh, that uh, that guest spot you did because it inspired me to go back and take another crack at uh, Creme de la Creme. And I am really, really glad I did. I really enjoyed that one. And, and now I have a whole bunch more of these games that I can, uh, can you know, dive into when I'm feeling that particular set of feels that sends me in the direction of the romance novels. Yeah, I'm very excited for trustworthy interactive romance Mm -hmm. because I think there's some, but I've always been like often it's someone's first take on romance or it's someone's first take on interaction. Mm -hmm. So I, I trust choice of games team to steer romance authors towards interactive and vice versa. Yeah, that's a good point. They, it does feel like, you know, you, you get enough information right up front to know what you're getting into in that sort of romance novel kind of way where, you know, you know, you, you know what you're getting into, um, but they still, uh, they're, you know, they're doing good work. It's not, uh, it's not totally rote. It's, uh, it's, you know, I, I was still very surprised throughout the game. So very enjoyable stuff. So, um, and I think that's all the time we have. <laughs> we ran a little long this one because uh, I think we really, I really enjoyed talking about that stuff. So, uh, listeners, thank you so much for joining us on this romantic episode of the Short Game. You can find our show on the internet at www.theshortgame.net, where you'll find our contact form and all the other uh, information you need to uh, to reach us. You're, we're also on Twitter at underscore short game. I'm on Twitter at Reagan K. That's R A Y G A N K. Oh, I I forgot to mention we're also on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash the short game. Uh, much love, much deep romantic love to all of our patrons. Thank you for supporting the show. Uh, if you want to join the uh, polyamorous. Uh, collective that is the short game patreon you can go to patreon.com slash the short game uh, if you support it even just a dollar a month you get instant access to our discord which is where we romantically whisper into each other's ears uh, and uh, you also get access to episodes a little bit early which varies from a day or two to almost a full week early depending on how fast i am at the edit uh, so if that appeals to you uh, join us there even just a dollar a month and hey if you join at the five dollar level you get stickers. Uh, so join us at $5 and then make sure you uh, shoot me a message with your your uh, shipping info so I can get you your, uh, your stickers. Uh, thanks very much to all the patrons who've done that. Uh, and of course, you can find me on Twitter at Reagan K. That's R-A-Y-G-A-N-K. Uh, Laura, where can people find you? 
You can find me on Twitter at Laura J. Nash, where I expect you to tell me if I should uh, foment revolution or stay true to France in the spy game. <laughs> Please let me decide now before I make my decision. And, and Shane, where can we find you? You could find me on Twitter at 8BitShane, doing none of those things. <laughs> <laughs> And listeners, once again, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Short Game.